people, this is Jason English with Things About Things, simplifying concepts without sacrificing depth. We are continuing in a focus of, of self-care and a focus of really thinking through who we are in the midst of isolation, in the midst of social distancing. And I am on the phone with my friend, a dear friend that I've actually never met in person, this Danny Prada. And some of you have heard me talk about him, maybe seen me post things about him. And I, I asked him if he'd have a conversation with me so uh, Danny are you there I'm here all right so uh, so yeah D Danny is a friend of mine and Danny I, I can't put into words exactly what it is about why I feel so connected to you but I know that we're both pastors and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and maybe like not that there's anything special about us but we are trying to say something in new ways is that maybe an yep. accurate way to say yep. it absolutely and also too I feel like we've both kind of been through a similar story when it comes to our journey with God and religion and Christianity and leading a church uh -huh. through this process of kind of reformulating faith mm. uh, so that's definitely something that's drawn me to you as well mm. so what is reformulating faith faith mean well it, it's interesting because typically like the language that people use is deconstruction and, and uh, reconstruction right you know to talk about leaving behind an old way of of faith and embracing a new way of faith uh, for me I, I have now now that I feel like I'm on the other side of that process and journey which on one end doesn't end but on the other hand you can say it does but uh, for me I like to think of it as a rediscovery of my faith yeah, you yeah. know uh, so to re to reconstruct or to rediscover to reformulate your faith is to create a new paradigm for what it means to relate to God and self and others and all of creation I think a lot of us were handed down a certain paradigm that just stop working for us. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, that paradigm was one of certainty. Mm -hmm. You know, here are the answers. This is what you need to believe. This is what it needs to look like. And when I started asking questions and I did not feel like the answers I was getting were satisfactory, that took me down a very long road and a long journey of, of uh, re discovery you know and and what i what i usually convey to people is that the number one factor in all of that was love right. love love is what i see as the great deconstructor of my my previous paradigm of faith you know because i just i recognize that if god is love through and through uh, there's a lot of things that i believe about god that don't match up to that truth and there are a lot of ways that i was acting in the world as a result of holding those beliefs that don't seem to line up with that truth as well mm. and so you know that just took me down a, a, a rabbit hole yeah uh, and it, it was it, it was there was a lot of darkness there was a lot uh, plenty of moments when i i felt like throwing the whole thing away even the baby with the bathwater yeah and and eventually i got to the point where just asking so many questions so many questions i finally got to a place where i didn't need answers anymore yeah <laughs> and what i mean by that is 
the presence of God became enough for me Yeah. in a nutshell, you know, because there's a difference between uh, belief and faith. Be- belief clings on, but faith lets go. Yeah, man. You know, be- be- belief says this is the right way. This is the, the, the truth. This is what you have to believe, hold on to. Uh, faith, on the other hand, is I, even if I don't know, <laughs> I'm still going to uh, rely on and rest on a power greater than myself to live. Yeah, so man. that's been the journey I've been on. It just occurred to me as you were sharing that, how I first felt connected to you. So the, the church that I'm a part of is called The Heart, and the church you're a part of is called Heartway. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then... We have a phrase we say a lot. We say love, simple. And um, kind of expanded that a little bit over the years, reconciling people to God and each other through Christ's love, simple, just to kind of clarify a little bit more about what love means. Because, you know, you can go to any clothing store and find a bunch of clothes that just say love on it. It can seem real generic. Right. uh, But but, uh, you talked about love being a key point there. And oftentimes love might be associated with how one comes to a conclusion or reconstructs, but you sound almost sounded like... Like love was the very thing that did the deconstructing to you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? Well, for starters, you know. Well, let me say this. Yeah. Part of part of the reason why I also like to use the the word rediscovery to yeah, talk yeah. about this process of of kind of losing and finding faith again right. is because what I found at the end of this tunnel. Uh, really taking love to its furthest implications what I found is that I wasn't like reconstructing something myself I wasn't like creating now a new kind of Christianity Right. I, I was actually rediscovering what has been a part of our faith the whole time that's it yeah I've come to some of those same conclusions where some people have said you know like I've never heard I've never heard anybody say anything like that before and sometimes they're saying it in ways that are wonderful and loving and sometimes they're saying it in accusation and Mm -hmm. I go oh man there's a, a woman from Syria said this a thousand years ago yeah, you know, <laughs> and it's exactly. Like, I'm not and just, up because, with just because we have not been exposed to other traditions outside of our own, you yeah, know, yeah. here in America, we we sometimes mistake evangelicalism for Christianity uh, without recognizing that evangelicalism is a, is is new in the history of Christianity, relatively new, yeah. and that there's been a long history, there's a long tradition, a very large community uh, with a lot of width and breadth and depth that we're connected to and that we're a part of. And so, uh, you know, I I start all of my theology with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if Jesus is the one who fully reveals to us who God is, well, what was Jesus's essential message? Right. Jesus's message was love. And it's not just a message that he preached, it's also a message that he embodied to the point of sacrificing his own life yeah for the sake of creating the kingdom of heaven on earth mm-hmm. you know for for uh, giving his life to a cause much greater than himself to create a more just and generous society yeah. so 
I like to uh, use the, uh, you know, a lot, a, a lot of us like to talk about the the Bible in the form of story. Like it's just there's one meta narrative, an overarching story uh, that Scripture gives to us, and that and that really uh, points us to the the story of what all reality is. And I like the way Saint Bonaventure talked about it. He used three words. He he summarized the meta narrative of Scripture and the story of reality by saying that everything emanates from God, everything exemplifies God, and everything returns to God. So his words were emanation, exemplarism, and consummation. And that's the story. That's 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 the story. Everything mm-hmm. comes from love. Everything expresses the divine love, and everything returns to its source, which is love. And God is love, and love is our true nature and our true essence. And so, some of the earliest Christians took this so far that they even said, "Not one." Inch now, one molecule of of all of creation mm-hmm. <laughs> exists outside of this love, right. and everything, every human being, even some uh, some uh, theologians said one day even the devil would be restored by this love, right back into the embrace the, the embrace of God, and so that's what I mean when I say that love really started to 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 challenge the way that I think when I started to read the way that other people spoke about the love of God outside of my bubble and tradition it came, it became hard for me for example to continue to think the same way about the afterlife you know half uh, you know some people going to heaven other people being separated from God forever in hell not that I've gotten rid of hell because uh, that's also a part of our tradition and it's also a part of what we read in scripture but what does it look like to redefine that in light of love yeah, yeah you know yeah. and those were some questions I started asking uh, yeah. and 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 really, the more loving I began to see God, the more loving I became in my life. Yeah, I actually remember about 15 years ago, I stopped filtering things through the lens of heaven or hell. Especially as it as how I, I relate to people, and okay. I became more loving by doing so. Mm. I, I noted it maybe yeah, fifteen years ago or so. I, I would instead of thinking this conversation, this person, this concept is about heaven or hell, it became more about kingdom of God, reality. Right. Uh, I started to notice more fruit. Um, from God through the Spirit, you know, mm-hmm. love in that mm-hmm. as uh, naturally, not from an attempt to do it. But it's one thing, though, for you to say this. It's another thing for for people to realize that you're saying this as a pastor and as a teacher. And so, you know, there are, there are many people in the church family that I'm a part of, and I would imagine the church family that you're a part of, Heartway, for them to be going through something and processing, you know, dark night of the soul, or they're, mm-hmm. they're thinking through this in a whole new way. It's another thing for that person to have the microphone every Sunday. Yeah. So, so yeah. H- how do we, in the 
process of being, you know, realizing that we are gleaning from and rediscovering some ancient truths, we are trying to kind of bring back into the forefront things that have been part of this faith tradition for a very long time. Uh, how do we both be teachers and leaders and also in process? Wow, that's a good question because in many ways I'm still in process. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, what has been beautiful is bringing people along on the journey yeah. with a fullness of transparency and, and vulnerability. Yeah. And that being honest about where I have been and where I am has just made me that much more relatable to people. And there are some who haven't been able to go on the journey that I've been going on, but there are many others who, who, who have and, and who continue to be willing to go on this journey. But the main thing that I communicate to folks is that, and this is also a more recent change in my approach, but I feel like at one point I just switched one theological system for another. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I switched maybe a, a more narrow-minded system to a more open-minded system. Uh, and I saw it as my duty to get other people to see the truth like I saw it yeah. and to agree with me. <laughs> yeah. And 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 now I, I've I've come to recognize that love truly does transcend differences in doctrine. Love really does transcend opinions and beliefs and dogmas. And so my emphasis isn't on getting people to even agree with me, even when I think I may be right, yeah. which I don't even know if I'm right about most of what I say. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I, my, my goal isn't to get people to agree with me because what we're, what we're really passing along to other people is a way of being in the world, a way of life. We're not, you know, we're not passing along uh, dogmas. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not passing along doctrines. We're, we're passing along a way of being in the world. So right. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's the message, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, I don't need anybody to agree with me in order for that to happen. Mm -hmm. And so it's been beautiful to see people who are on all sides of the spectrum, politically, religiously, theologically, yeah. ideologically, um, at Heartway, still being able to, to, to come together uh, and, and unite on something that is much bigger than our differences, you know, which, mm -hmm. is, which is that love that the Spirit has poured into our hearts. So it seems like there's so much overlap here with what you're saying and what I've been experiencing as well. And it, I never would have thought of this 10, 20, 15 years ago that a, that a church family, that, that part of the unifying aspects being based less on doctrine and more on value. Mm. Normally, you know, I did not grow up in church but my exposure to church um, has always been what brought a people group together was they had a certain set of bullet point beliefs that they all shared and that's why they were together 
Right. And, and then if, right. there's, if there's any of those bullet points that are not the same anymore, you're probably not going to stay together. Exactly. You get kicked out or you get... Yeah, yeah. You know... Uh, and it depends on, you know, some of consequences. them... Yeah, some yeah. of them are huge bullet points and some of them are less. And so, you know, we try to, we try to speak to the... Um, I think it, the Moravians say this a lot, but I think it came way before Mor- Moravian tradition, but it's in, in the... Um, in the essentials unity and the non-essentials liberty mm-hmm. and all things love mm-hmm. but the the problem is with that not the problem with the phrase but the problem with the the living out of that phrase is for some people everything's essential every doctrine is right. one of the essentials right. and so right. then they they say well this is definitely essential this and then they, they can't ever get to the liberty and the love part and i've realized over the years a gravitation and like a, a slow movement to this love principle being a more solid unifying value than the doctrinal bullet points that help that hold together so you have the people you know pick one of the polarizing topics of our day someone comes to me and says well what does your church believe about this and this and this and i say well some people this and some people that and three rows back behind them is this but we hold hands and do our benediction together and we're across the table from one another and people are sharing homes and meals with one another who have come to different conclusions and it some people are taken aback by that because they think well then you can't really be a church then right and it's like no well you can if if um love is the value that you're holding as the unifying principle and another way to put that too is union with god yeah union with god you know a lot of the early church fathers i mean plenty of them talked about the fact that god is beyond reason god is beyond words god is beyond thought god is beyond the senses and so in order for us to uh access the presence of god within ourselves in order for us to really live out this communion with god from the depths of our soul we too must move beyond reason and thought and intellect and the senses yeah you know but most of christianity gets stuck there especially our heritage protestantism yeah. it was all about the, the the intellectual life and there's benefits from that because uh we you know we are seeking a faith with understanding you know but at the same time we have to understand that god transcends all of our understanding and even i mean the moment we think we have figured god out that's not god anymore yeah right and and the, and and the truth is fine i i mean you can you can believe that god is trinity mm-hmm. but if your life does not exude that kind of loving communion that exists within the godhead do you really know that to be true you know does that does that belief do anything for you yeah or you can even go further with it and say do you even believe it 
do you even believe it? Right. 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 If it's not exemplified, then is it just you know how to answer it on a multiple choice survey one way? Right. You know. Right. And that and that doesn't change the world. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not how how um, the kingdom of heaven comes. So so absolutely, you know, mm-hmm. this this emphasis and this focus is is everything, and uh, it's it's what allows us to be able to maintain that unity in the midst of diversity within our particular community. It's having those shared values. We've developed even a rule of life at, at Heartway. Uh, and, and and all of those um, things on that list, on that rule of life, uh, basically express what our values are and what unites us as a community. Yeah. You know, so that it's when, when, when the focus becomes a way of living, the Jesus way of living, um, we don't have to agree. Yeah, man, that's so good. Well, I want, I want us, us to go a little bit deeper into this phrase union with God because you have, you know, you talked about intellect and intellect is good and that's helpful. And I, I remember a professor of mine years ago talking about systematic theology and, and, and she said that it's really great to have a systematic theology and it is really, really important that you realize that that is not how the scriptures were presented. Yeah. Right. It's it's it can be really helpful <laughs> yeah, tool, you know, and it's not it's not uh, what happened. And then a homiletics professor of mine said, "It's uh, be careful that you don't tell too many stories when you teach, lest you be known just as a storyteller, unless you want to be like Jesus." Mm. It's like flip me mm. on my head because I was like, mm. in, you know, in my er- early adulthood, I was just like knowledge, 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 study, study, study. Yep. And I actually, I don't want to put that down because I still feel connection with God through study. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was sort of like, just kind of hit a wall with, you're not, you don't, you don't connect in this union with God because you are smart or you study some Greek or Hebrew root words of things. Right, Um, right, But it also doesn't mean that he can't, that God can't be found there, of course. Mm -hmm. But so this, these experiences in union with God brings us to another thing we, we have in common is this contemplative prayer types of Right. types of conversations so I know we've talked about that before but um, when you say contemplative prayer what do you mean? I like the definition of a man named Evagrius Ponticus uh, one of the earliest one of the Christians in the early early church he said prayer is the letting go of thoughts and a lot of us, when we pray, we've only been introduced to prayer as a verbal exercise, you know, expressing our needs, uh, our, our concerns to God, uh, requesting things of God. And of course, there's a place for that in, in the life of the Jesus follower, and yeah. all of that can be helpful. But for the earliest Christians, there was a deeper mode of praying that went beyond words. And this was the prayer of the heart, which, again, was defined by this one particular person as the letting go of thoughts. Yeah. And the purpose, the purpose of letting go of your thoughts is so that by this constant act of surrendering and letting go, you can drop your mind into your heart. 
And by doing so, keep your mind in the presence of God. Yes. And allow love to govern all of your thinking. And so that is the prayer that I commit myself to on a daily basis, Uh which of course begins as maybe five or 10 minutes sitting down in silence. But eventually that five or 10 minutes of sitting in silence is carried into your everyday life so that you begin to develop a much more quieter inner space that allows you to be attuned to God. And Mother Teresa was once asked, and this was very helpful for me, she was once asked, uh, when you pray, what do you say to God? And she says, nothing. I just listen. Mm-hmm. And then he says, and then they asked her, well, what does God say? And she said, nothing. He just listens. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that too. That is so good, man. <laughs> that is so You know, good. so there's, there's, this, uh, there's the, this listening aspect to prayer that many of us have not been trained in, that many of us are, have not been made aware of. Yeah. And... This 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 kind of posture towards life really helps you to see the world in an entirely new way, Con- and, and that's when you begin to experience contemplation. Yeah. So, to 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 the word contemplation literally means to gaze, right? So when we when we are contemplating, we're contemplating obviously God. We're gazing at the beauty of God in and through the present moment in and through all of reality. So to be a contemplative person or to be a person of prayer is to be someone who sees God in everyone and in everything. Right. And when that becomes your mode of perception, all of your life is now a prayer. That's so good, man. And I I found myself saying something that I've heard very similar to something that I've heard you say, and that is that faith in in Christ or a life in Christ, um, I, I can't remember exactly how I worded it or you worded it, but it was basically belief in Christ does not does not make you one with God. Belief in Christ awakens you to the reality that you are one with God. Mm-hmm. Something to that mm-hmm. effect. That, exactly, exactly. Because we're, we're already immersed in the presence of God. You know, and the New Testament right. says, in Him we live and move and have our being. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and uh, there, there is nowhere we can go that God is not. I mean, we yeah. are... We, we we exist in God and yeah. God exists in us yeah and you I, know so it's, it's, it's simply a matter of awakening to and becoming aware of the presence that's already there yeah and you I, know the uh, oh go ahead no I was gonna say that when the, the, the idea of what prayer is um, there's in, in Jewish midrash where these rabbis get together and kind of say yes and this and it could be this and uh, the, the group of rabbis were asked what is prayer and what is the purpose of prayer and one of the one of the answers was that prayer is a discernment of oneself 
And so whatever it is you do in your approach of prayer is you realizing yourself the way that if, if, if your prayer is, dear God, please give me this and this and this. It's less about whether God does that. It's more about you realize you discerned in your own heart that that's what you did in prayer. And, right. and uh, so I was I thought that through. And as I began maybe five years ago or so to approach and enter into a practice of contemplative prayer, I was a bit afraid to try to answer the question of what what will I find in my heart? If I slow down and I stop just requesting things and claiming things and this and that, what will be there? And I and I found and I found God. <laughs> and it was like, oh, wait a second. I was afraid to search my own heart because I, I was told for so many years that the only thing that can be found in my heart is dark and dirty and bad. Mm. And God was waiting for me there. And so by Absolutely. by not by stopping all the dear heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Please do this and fix this and give me this and mm -hmm. answer this. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to trivialize that because some requests no. are very loving and holy and and selfless too. Right, but mm -hmm. see, the ultimate answer to every prayer is the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. The Spirit is the answer to every prayer. <laughs> right. And, and, and what I mean by that is what God wants us to cling to and hold on to is God. Right. What most of us hold on to and cling on to are things. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's why we want to ask for this and this and this to happen. You know, because we really, really need this and this and this to happen for us to be at peace. And God is gracious. And sometimes God answers those prayers, right? And those things happen. But, you know, the book of Job says God gives and God takes away. Right. Well, when something's given, awesome. When something's taken away, what now? Mm -hmm. What we're left with is the presence of God within ourselves. And what we eventually come to realize is that has always been more than enough. Yeah. So when we make a request, we may or may not get the thing, but it's what we really need. It's not the thing, it's God. And in reality, we already have God. So what we're right. really doing is when we're saying, please this, please this. And it's almost as if I wouldn't try to put the wor words into God's mouth. But God is saying, you don't need this, you need me. Or more specifically, right. you need to realize that you have me. Right, right. And that's when, you know, as people come to these realizations, that's when uh, you, you begin to mature in your prayer life. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and, 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 and your prayers take on a different uh, tone and, 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 and uh, they, they, they just, they begin to flower in a new way until eventually, you know, you, you know, some of us have said we, we just, we don't have use for too many words. <laughs> yeah, same. Well, well, can you talk a little bit about um, some pushback that you've experienced due to this tone as a teacher? Yeah. Well, I'll be honest. You know, uh, a lot of the pushback that I, I, I used to receive was warranted. Okay. 
and 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 what I've come to the recognition of is that um, in many ways I I would provoke I would uh, poke I would uh, you know come come at things from a more combative stance and of course when you fight oppositional energy with more oppositional energy you're just going to create more of the same okay yeah uh, in, in many ways when I began uh, finding new ways of practicing my Christian faith um, I, I was in a reaction mode reactionary mode yeah you know I was reacting against what I was taught and what I came from and and like we mentioned earlier, at this point where I'm at now, I, I, I could care less if the fundamentalist agrees with me or ever even changes one iota of their doctrine or belief. It's not my goal because I've met several people who are better than their beliefs are. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I've met people who are capable of great love who live within conceptual frameworks that in my mind are outdated yeah. and flat out inconsistent with reality. Mm -hmm. But they have still been able to tap into that depth and that wellspring of love that comes from the spirit within themselves. And so that's what I focus on and help point people towards now. It's life with God. And, and that goes beyond left, right, conservative, liberal, progressive, all that. With that being said, um, a lot of a lot of the the pushback that I got was was and that I and that I sometimes continue to get is is pertaining to uh, our inclusivity, which is interesting because the gospel message that Jesus preached wasn't offensive to people because of who it excluded. It was offensive to people because of who it included. Oh yeah. But, unfortunately, uh, you know, or whatever word you want to use, for a lot of Christians, to stand up for the truth means we need to uh, separate ourselves from those who don't believe this. And we need to stand on our ground and say, we've got the truth and those people over there don't. And if we're not uh, drawing clear lines like that, then we're being unfaithful. And so because of that, uh, you know, a lot of people, I, I guess, feel threatened or feel like it's a compromise for us to cast as wide and as big of a net as we do to say that the grace of God has been given to every human, to say that nothing can separate any of us from the love of God, regardless of what our beliefs are or what, regardless of the color of our skin or regardless of our sexual orientation. And, and so I understand that that... Um, flies against a lot of what we have been taught to be Christianity and a lot of it stems from how we read and understand the Bible um, so I, I, I definitely a lot when it comes to my approach to the Bible uh, a lot of that has also garnered some criticism and, and pushback from people uh, and I understand I understand that you know because uh, you know we, 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 we're just used to certain things being a certain way and and we don't like it when things are different. Yeah. And you're in the Miami area, right? Mm-hmm, mm hmm And so you have um, probably more faith uh, tradition, more, more 
more kinds of faith traditions there than on our little mountain town in North Carolina. I've seen your posts about your um, your multi-faith or interfaith group that right. you're part of, and I'm, right. I'm part of something like that here as well, multi-faith clergy group. Uh, mm. there, there's less multi because <laughs> it's small. Right. It's small. Uh, have you found that to be a helpful part of this interaction with people as you talk about the Jesus tradition? Um, what do you mean by that? Like uh, being connected in relationships with faith leaders of other traditions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, then circling back to the tradition right. you're a part of and the church family you're a part of, has it have been helpful kind of Venn diagram overlap moments that have brought more unity and love? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, though, I, I, some, some of my those interactions that I have with my friends from other religious traditions um, have been so meaningful. And and honestly, I, so, I, I, I sense God so, so strongly in those spaces. Sometimes even more than yeah. other spaces, you know, mm-hmm. of, of of my own religion and, mm-hmm. and my own background. But uh, you know, in our community, people are pretty used to people are pretty used to the fact that we we're doing this already yeah. that we've been doing this for a while and that this is just our, the way that that we are as, as a community so we we love we love to introduce people to to uh, other faiths and other traditions and i incorporate insights and wisdom from other faiths and traditions into my sermons because the bible does that yeah the bible does that you know mm-hmm. i mean in uh the gospel of John in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, Mm -hmm. you know, that the, the, um, the word in the Greek is logos. And that was a, a Greek philosophical concept, right? That was incorporated by Christians and, and utilized by Christians, uh, to prove the points that they were trying to make about Jesus. Yeah. But the, that notion of the logo, Logos existed way before uh, Jesus came on the scene. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's also, for example, in Acts 17, Paul quotes um, a, a, a pagan poet. Yeah, and and he and he says so plainly. He says, "As one of your poets have said," and yeah. then he gives the quote. And he's affirming you know, so the truth of what, what the poet. He's affirming the truth of what that poet had said. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so I, I highlight these things to people when you know I don't I don't I try not to be reckless with this stuff. Exactly. You know? um, I, I definitely try and show people how this doing this kind of multi faith work and having this sort of inclusive approach is is a deeply Christian thing to do. Yeah. Uh, and, and that helps people. Oh, man. So, why do you... Why did you call the church Heartway? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I'll be honest. That Heartway has been infused with a lot of meaning. After the fact, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I came up with the name Heartway probably like three years before I was even 
starting to create the community mm-hmm. and at that time when I created that name I didn't even know that I would start a church yeah I just randomly was like if I were to have my own church what would I call it and I just started like thinking and somehow that came to me honestly I don't even know like there was no special meaning behind it mm-hmm. now now you know um Heartway is very significant because number one the earliest followers of Jesus were called followers of the way right which reinforces again what we what we were speaking of earlier that this isn't um, Christianity isn't a, a, a system of beliefs it's a way of living it's a way of life yep um, and then and then on top of that uh, the heart is central to Jesus's teachings and the heart also plays a major role in in uh, in the Eastern Orthodox monastic tradition yes and so uh, you know learning how to live from the heart and accessing the, the love and peace of, of, of the heart is is central to everything and so that's kind of the play on words there yeah the same thing happened with our church so I didn't start the heart and it's actually called shepherd's heart and somewhere along the way the nickname the heart came a shorter version of shepherd's heart because the town we live that i live in boone it's called the heart of the high country and so it's just kind of a little nickname so when i started but 12 years ago i was just like is it should we call it shepherd's heart or the heart let's just stick with one of them and we just went with the heart and then yeah over the years it's like really you know with love simple and um i love this there's a there's a bible verse that says the heart at rest gives life to the body when we really know ourselves right and we can calm down and and rest and realize who we are and not strive so much that actually is going to be very life-giving to those around us absolutely and so uh, let me let me uh kind of start to close this up and i want to ask you this is a i like to ask tough questions at the end try to like simplifying a concept without sacrificing depth i'm not even sure which what concept this is we're talking about right now but it's more of like a oneness Mm. or something i don't know Mm. so you're you're teaching a community in florida in south florida Mm-hmm. Now you're on the phone with your friend from afar that you've never even met, <laughs> knowing that most of the people listening to this are probably going to be more relationally connected with me than with you. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, what's one thing you really want to say? What's one thing that you really like? If you had this, you had that one moment. There's a group of people. They're not in. They're not in Florida. They're not going to be part of the Heartway community. You got one shot at saying something to a group of people that you haven't met and may never meet. Mm. What do you want to mm. say? Wow. Well, I would assume that my answer may change every time that I would be asked this. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> but but right now, right now, um, what I would what I would say to people is that silence is the language of God. Mm. Silence is the language of God. 
And in this moment when there's so much chaos and there's so much change and there's so much fear uh, because of what we're facing uh, as a species, don't get distracted by the noise. Listen to the still small voice of God within your soul. And the only way that becomes a possibility is by quieting your mind so that your heart can begin to speak. And that's it. That's my practice. That's my my focus. And I, I know that the more people begin to cultivate that kind of open inner space, uh, we will experience that peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. I love everything you just said. Thanks for saying that. Thanks for saying so many things that that I've heard you say. Yeah. How can people... I follow you online, but I don't remember the names of anything. Um, how can somebody... Connect, <laughs> is it... How can they How can they connect with you online and maybe listen to more things that you say? Yeah. Well, um, you can find me on Instagram uh, at D underscore Prada or Twitter at Danny underscore Prada, Facebook Danny Prada. And uh, you can search for Heartway Church um, on all social media platforms and you'll be able to keep up there with uh, weekly messages and midweek reflections that I bring to the community and uh, yeah we have the, we have a podcast Heartway Church podcast on iTunes and Podbean and that's a way that you can access all of that so we'd love would love for uh, people to check that out Mm, beautiful well thanks for your time and your friendship i, I really appreciate it, even though like i said we haven't met just when i reached out to you the fact that you're willing to just kind of spend an extended amount of time on the phone processing things and uh, you know i've got I feel like i have a, a a brother that's part of a an un it's it's like a tribe without being tribal yeah you know? exactly a tribe that exists for all other tribes yes Ooh. yes yes where do we get that idea from i love it <laughs> i love it and it, it it's uh it, i'll, I'll kind of close up i was i was saving that one to the end i think it ties in well I'll close up with this i for a long time as i went i've gone through some deconstruction stuff and trying to figure out who i am and what i believe and what what path i'm on so to speak and sometimes over the years i felt very lonely when or yeah. almost jealous when there's people that come from a certain denominational perspective um, it's not so much that I'm jealous because I want the perspective I'm jealous that they they, they have a tribe yeah. And then they're like, well, what the such and such tradition teaches this. And so that's what they say. So that's what I believe. And I was just kind of like, man, I kind of wish I was like that, but I can't be like that. And, cool. and then, you know, the, the coming across these, these tribes in, in scripture and the, the Levites, cool. not, they didn't inherit any land. You know, and right, right. it says that their inheritance was the Lord. Mm, wow, and, that's good. And it's sort of like, I think, not not so much that I want to then form a 
denomination called this other thing and then we have our own tribe and you have to believe all these things but to to realize that I have never been alone and it's not just oh because I've had God but there are many 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 people even people that are still part deeply rooted in traditions that they still they know that their deepest identity is not that denomination is not that tribe and there and there can be a loneliness that comes with it unless you in the desert are wandering and find another nomad who also feels this way <laughs> and and so that's what i think might have happened with something about the, some of the things you said especially me being a pastor and you being a pastor i was like oh man he's not in a tribe yeah. I finally found my tribe of somebody who's not in the tribe either. This is great. You know? <laughs> the tribe of tribeless people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, I really appreciate that about you and and all that you represent and the love that you demonstrate. And, um, you know, we, we have somehow a, a connected church family of people that don't live in the same place who don't know each other. <laughs> Man, I love it, and I'm grateful for you and your friendship and your community, and uh, I'm, I'm grateful, man. I'm grateful to have this connection, so mm. thank you for having me. Yeah, man. So if uh, you can go find Danny, find Heartway stuff online, and you can also go to thingsaboutthings.com for more things.